Welcome to the eighth episode of the Ulster Rugby Lad podcast. Uh, I'm joined by Andrew Moffat and Dave Blair, who've uh, very kindly given up their time to discuss the recent squad announcement for Ulster Rugby. It looks looks pretty good. Um, guys, what are your first impressions of the Ulster Rugby squad in terms of the depth that we have? Uh, uh, Andrew very kindly has produced this depth chart, which I'll put on the website in each position. Um, so yeah, what are your what are your thoughts? What are your initial first impressions? Uh, I think for me, first impressions are that uh, it's really clear what I think what Dan's trying to do in building the squad is uh, the the people that have come in this year, um, including the young fellas. You know, there is a real emphasis on depth. I think this year, look, at, there's no massive big names that have come in. Um, so I think really what what uh, Dan's trying to do is he's looking at particularly potentially those uh, weeks where uh, internationals are away, um, really bringing in that that quality depth or experience. Um, I think you'll you find as well that the the squad I think is maturing. Um, if you look at last year, so summer of 2019, uh, we had uh, nine players promoted from the academy and. Throughout that previous season, the academy players had accounted for 111 appearances altogether. Um, this year, I think there's only one Stuart Moore that got moved up from the academy. Um, and I think academy players really only had a handful of appearances throughout the year. Um, so, so really, it's a, it's a squad that's, that's maturing, that um, is, is less reliant on chucking young fellas in, as they have been a few years ago. So real, some real experienced heads in there. Um, Particularly, like the two guys that have that have been signed, um, Albert Matheson and uh, the fly half whose name is uh, Ian Madigan. Ian Madigan, that's the one, yeah. And um, so, really experienced sellers that are coming in that are really going to be useful, particularly in those international windows, and uh, particularly good for some of the young fellas that are coming through as well. Yeah, yeah. Dave, looking at that squad, first impressions. Yeah, just. I would agree with all that. Just to add, though, that there's lots to be positive about. Um, we'll be looking looking at that squad. I think we can continue to make progress that Dan McFarland's brought to the brought to the party the last couple of years. You know, he. I think if you look back to the time that he came in, like we were about what was a basket case we were called or a shambles. You know, like yeah, we're definitely not in that position anymore um it's a bit of a shame actually you know obviously a bit of perspective but it's a shame that we lost momentum from the last year you know the season stopped at a bad time for us you know we were qualified for europe and the quarterfinals we were all right we were a little bit behind leinster but we're still ahead of glasgow and pro 14 looking good for a semi-final um it's definitely a lot of cause for optimism and it's the same sort of group as last year they are as Andrew says they're maturing um, uh, but it's still a young group and they're learning week on week yeah and n- not just week on week but with each challenge that they come across you you get the impression that they're taking something on board now sometimes that can sound like rhetoric but you really do you feel like young players like James Hume who even though he missed a large chunk of that past season, if you can call it that. Um, he was really developing, he was consistent. 
Yeah. Um, and you'll be looking for more young, of the young players to mature and follow that sort of trend. Um, in terms of how strong we are across the squad, I think realistically, people said before, and if you look at Leinster, they're really the benchmark. It's three or four mm. players of a really high standard in each position. Um, I don't know, Ulster probably aren't there yet. If you look at each position, they can probably cover gaps if by moving people about, but there are gaps. You know, I would look at the centres behind McCluskey and Luke Marshall. Um, there's a lot of inexperience. You know, they're good players. We know they're good players, but they don't have that consistent performance that experience brings. You know, that's something yeah. that, given another year or two, mm. I would expect them to be really come on, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I would also look at Katsia and think, who's behind him at eight? Yeah, I agree. That, to me, is still somewhere to be addressed. But overall, positives, you know, it's a strong squad. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good to be positive. Um, but um, I suppose one of the sort of interesting things we can look at is, look, Ulster do have decent players in every position. Um, you look across that squad and you go, there's not that many bad players in there. But if you're going to be harsh and you're going to say, like, what are the areas that we need to improve? What are the weaknesses in the team? And I encourage you guys to be ruthless. What <laughs> what positions do you think we need to improve and, and build on? Um, there's some, some key positions there. That Looking through the sort of depth chart that, that Andrew very kindly prepares, uh, there's probably some weaknesses there and I can give my thoughts on that but it'd be interesting to hear from you guys as well. Yeah, I think, you know, if you, if you, well, it's probably a good thing to measure ourselves against the yardstick that is Leinster and um, Ulster at this stage, a lot of very good players in starting positions. As far as world-class players go, we're still away behind um, where Leinster is. Uh, you're probably talking maybe four players, essentially five at a push who, who kind of maybe even have a conversation about are they in that kind of bracket? Um, so yeah, so I think there are very good players. Um, I would, I was kind of hoping maybe that we would, we would look at a thirteen. Um, so Luke Marshall, love him, love him a bit. A great player, great servant for Ulster. But I just wonder if if there's another step there, um, where we could bring someone in as as a real game changer at thirteen. Uh, second row. Whenever uh, Ian Henderson's away in international duty, second row doesn't look amazing to me. Again, the likes of Treadwell and O'Connor, really great, you know, very good players that have have done lots for the for the club. But I'd really hope for, um, you know, that that's a position where we could really strengthen. Um, and like mentioned as well, you know, the a bit of depth in in the back row. Few young fellas coming in: Azure Allison um, and David McCann. I really hope we'll get a bit of game time this year, but they're not going to come in, and you shouldn't expect them to come in and be game changers, um, as well. So, I think you know, I, whenever uh, the news of Peter Steph Toy was leaving, you know, your mind kind of gets carried away. We're seeing him in the sixth shirt would would be a uh, would be um, just a massive massive boost for Ulster, but um, don't think it's to be. Um, but yeah, I think those probably for me are the big areas. Um, Billy Burns again is a player that's really come on, really improved. Um, 
whether he'll ever be in that kind of world class bracket, I doubt it. Um, again, a very good player that's, that's done lots for us. Um, in the, in the few years he's been here. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dave, uh, in terms of weaknesses, is there any areas that you think need addressed if we're to compete at this top level in Europe? Talked, you talked earlier about Leinster being the benchmark. Where do we need to improve? Where do we need to add to in that squad to compete at the top level in Europe? Um, the tight five is somewhere that Ulster haven't really addressed. I think since Muller, Hoa, um, even slightly before that, we had um, Wayne Herbst in. We were able to compete in a set piece. And, and at times, you know, bully teams with Nick Williams at number eight. Mm. We don't have that at the moment. Um, the real glaring sort of gap in that area at the minute for me would be the second row. Um, we've got Henderson. Sam Carter has come in and missed most of last season. Yeah. Played the first maybe three or four games. Um but I would be concerned that Ulster aren't developing players for that second row position. I mean, we really haven't since Henderson. If if you think about it, and that's now, Hendy must be nearly 30. <laughs> you know, like, that's not really... There's no production line there at all. Um, yeah, yeah. I would be concerned about that and that... You know, what is the reason for that? You know, Jack Regan was in the academy, I think, for four years and has now left. He's, I think he's away in New Zealand. Um, yeah. Having had one or possibly two cuts, I think he played against Leinster last year and that was it. Uh, as well as Regan, you have names that I've heard. Connor McMenamin, Matt Dalton played maybe half, half a dozen games. But he's now left the academy as well. You know, you can't keep hitting the reset button on these players. You, you mm. know, the academy needs to produce them, and I'm not actually sure where the solution to that is, or what they're not seeing in these guys to bring them through. But that is definitely one of the areas I think needs to be addressed, as yeah. well as Andrew commented rightly on the centre, and um, I mentioned earlier about the depth behind. Luke Marshall and Stuart McCluskey, I don't I don't think it's proven yet. Yeah. But yeah. I would be more hopeful about those players and those those positions than I would be about second row. I don't I yeah. don't think that we have that depth there and it's a bit concerning. Yeah, no, I, I agree with both of you. I think the center uh, you look at the depth chart there, so Hayden Hyde is highly rated. Stuart Moore is supposed to be extremely good. I haven't seen much of them. Everyone, oh, various players have interviewed and stuff like that have said Stuart Moore is the next big thing. So promising. Luke Marshall, great servant there to Ulster, big fan. But um, there isn't much. You look at that 13, like Luke Marshall gets injured. Stuart Moore is making a big step up there. James Hume, uh, inside centre as well. One for the future. Andrew, you were saying about Billy Burns. I I think he, he has come on leaps and bounds since he joined Ulster. So he came on, he came in Ulster, he was quite conservative. He sort of did what was necessary. And since he's come in, I think he's become a lot more creative. 
um, his cross kicking has been good. Um, if you look that you look down that sort of list, the depth chart. You're looking at Ian Madigan, a good player, but he's. Uh, I think I think he'll improve the squad. He's come in and he can cover a lot of positions. He's a great squad player to have, and I think he's quality. But you want someone, you want someone young coming through. Bill Johnson as well has has impressed when he's played. Um, but yeah, it's difficult to know whether any of those guys are at the elite level. As you, as, as you were saying, Dave, as well, like type five, Ulster historically have been unable to produce um, type five players in the past number of years. You're looking across, uh, looking across that depth chart and a lot of, a lot of Leicester guys coming up. Um, so yeah, I completely agree with you. There's, there's plenty of areas to be, to be strengthened there. In terms of the the players who've been released, uh, it's always a bit a bit disheartening for those guys. So we've seen the release of Angus Carnahan, Zach McCall, and Clive Ross. What do you think of those players who've been released? Do you think they've been hard done by? Or do you think that's and again, if I was asking you guys to be harsh, do you think there's anyone in that squad <laughs> who could have been released <laughs> uh, that wasn't? Um, I think the man who's nearly been most hard done by is Tommy O'Hagan, who I don't think is on the team this year, but he's not even been mentioned um, yeah. as somebody that's, that's been released. So he's kind of slipped out the back door a little bit. And yeah. um, as far as Clive Ross and Paul go, not massively surprised. Um, both kind of getting into the mid-20s, not really. So McCall obviously hasn't played a senior game. His time would probably come as sad as it is to see him go. Clive Ross had played a few games, but again, um, he's probably stepping aside to make way for the likes of McCann and Allison. Um, Kernan was the one I was, and I think most people probably are surprised about, given his age and given how much he had uh, contributed over the last couple of seasons. You know, he's a regular for the under 20s in Ireland as well. Um, that's, that's a real uh, indication, I think, really, of where Ulster are in in their kind of uh, development, I suppose, as well. They're not short of back three players, and um, for whatever reason, Kernan was the man to miss out. Um, yeah, definitely a shock. Uh, McFarland obviously has, has his reasons, but um, he's one that uh, I think has already found a new club. I think he's heading to Ealing. Uh, wish him all the best. I think he's, he's, going, to be a, he's going to be a good pro going forward. Um, but yeah, like I say, that, that just shows how exciting the crop of... Uh, back three are for, for Ulster. I think there's some good experienced players there and some great youngsters coming through too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Dave, any thoughts on sort of, number one, the players who have been released, but also, um, is there any dead wood in that squad? It's a very harsh phrase, but um, let's be realistic. Of those who were released, I, I would have liked to have seen Zach McCall get an opportunity at some stage. Um, I think he's been quite hard done by. Seen quite a bit of him over the last maybe three or four years playing for various development teams and A teams that generally had a good game. He was quite often he'd be one of the standout players. And, mm. you know, whether the, the coaches obviously see things that are analysing things in greater detail than the <laughs> Joe Bloggs on the, on the side may hear, but um, I would have liked to have seen him get game time, I think. For him to be released without an opportunity is a tough blow. Yeah. Saying that, whenever you look at the depth of Pickard that we have, you know, Rob Herring is going to be, he's going to be number one. Adam McBurney, second, and John Andrew. I think 
from what I've seen, Zach McCall's probably not too far behind those two, John Andrew and Adam McBurney. Yeah. McBurney's had quite a lot of opportunities this year. And, you know, he's he's blown hot and cold, I would say. You know, he's mm. he's inconsistent. I think he's got a high ceiling. And maybe the uh, coaches are looking at that. But disappointed not to see Zach McCall get an opportunity. Um, yeah, yeah. Clive Ross, I think, if you were to sum him up, he's just reliable, you know. And he'll, he'll probably get a contract somewhere. I'm not sure if he's decided where he's going. And I would say he'll probably do very well. You know, he's consistent and he's reliable. He makes his tackles. But if you're trying to get to that next level, is he in your match day 23? Probably never go on to be at Ulster, I don't think. So I think that's yeah. a fair cut. Yeah. Likewise, Kernahan had quite a lot of opportunities. I think even though he's only... Would it, if he'd be 21? 21, yeah. 21. Mid, mid-20s, 30s caps, maybe? Uh, 21 caps, yeah. 21. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's a fair shout. You know, he's had a chance to stake a claim and he's probably just missing out based on the strength and depth that we have in back three positions. Even to add to that as well, you know, the academy seems to have cut quite a lot of players this year. And... They're guys that I would have expected to get an opportunity. Dan McFarland has given opportunities out, but there's guys there like Joe, Joe Dunleavy mentioned Matt Dalton and Jack Reagan earlier on. They've been cut towards the end of their academy deals without progressing. It just goes to show that I think sometimes there's this perception if you get an academy contract, that's you on your way. That's a stepping stone to the pro team. But it's not the case. You have to really work. And for whatever reason, those guys haven't made the step into the senior team. So it'll be interesting to see whether the guys that come in to replace those, the, if are young, the next crop coming through, can buck that trend, so to speak, particularly in the forwards, because they're, yeah. you know, they're all forwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it's disappointing because we were talking about the lack of forwards coming through at Ulster. It's historically been a problem um, in terms of producing our own guys and completely agree. Looking at that, looking at the guys who've been released, absolutely gutted for Angus Kernahan. I think he's a great lad um, and I would really have liked to see him kick on, but there's such competition in the back three. That's, you know, that's an area that we're pretty strong in. And then looking across, Clive Ross, like, yeah, I think, I think to be honest, it'd be, it's probably not a huge surprise that he's going. And that's, that's no offence to Clive Ross. He's, he's, he's done all right. But um, uh, there are guys there um, as well. Again, not to, not to name too many names. Andy Work's done well <laughs> to keep his, his place in the squad. <laughs> um, and again, I don't mean any any harm to him, but um, yeah, you look across, you look across that team, and you're going to see when you get down down into the second or third string team, it's not a huge, not a huge amount of depth there. So yeah, it's it's interesting to to hear your guys' perspectives because um, and even guys you mentioned like Tommy O'Hagan, like I hadn't actually thought of him, but he's he's a big he's a big lad and um, one of the sort of success stories at Ulster in terms of coming making a transition across from Gaelic football into rugby. And I think it's a huge, huge number of players that we miss out on um because of 
um, the way Northern Ireland works and uh, the fact that a lot of guys don't get access to play rugby. He was one of the guys who made the transition across, but uh, uh, absolutely you pointed him out. And he's a, he's a guy who I thought would kick on just because of his, his sheer physicality. Um, uh, I thought he would, he, he would um, sort of make it into the senior team. But um, I suppose my next question is, Looking at that team, having discussed some of these guys, uh, there's guys coming into the squad. We mentioned Dave McCann, Zura Allison, Aaron Sexton, the other guys, Ethan McElroy, Hayden Hyde, Stuart Moore. Who will form the core of this Ulster team in the next few years? So you look at the team in maybe three years. Who do you think will be the standout guys? Who will be the next sort of Rory Best, Ian Henderson? Who will be the guys who stand out and form the, the spine of the team in the next few years? Start with you, Andrew. Um, if I if I look at this team and it kind of put together like a an under twenty three is aware guys looking forward, get very excited about it. But I don't. I'm I'm trying to get. I'm trying not to get too carried away because I knew you know I have Ulster tinted glasses. Um, but looking at the you know top one one to fifteen that that front row, I I love what they've got going on. Eric O'Sullivan, I think Tom O'Toole is going to be an Ireland regular at some point. Um, Tom Stewart, the guy in the academy that a lot of people are talking about, and I think his his emergence has probably um, played a part in in um, in McCall leaving um, at Hooker. Um, as mentioned, second row is probably yeah. There, there's literally there's nobody really coming through from Ulster. Um, there's a guy Cormac is a who's been saying is really intriguing prospect. Um, six foot seven. Comes from the the sevens scene. Who um, he's as skinny as a beanpole, though. So it's going to be really yeah. interesting to see how how he gets on um, down in the trenches, as it were. But he's he's got tons of pace, yeah. uh, great hands. So interesting to see how he he kicks on. David yeah. McCann, someone that captain Ireland under twenty that I really think will kick on this year. I think he's going to be. Um, I'm hoping he's going to be a stalwart moving forward. Um, in the backs, then you, you've already mentioned that kind of trio of young centres: Moore, Hayden, um, Moore, Hayden, uh, James Hume has already made an impact, some some real potential there. And then we, we all know about the young young fellas in the back three: Stockdale, Barracoon, um, Michael Lowry. Who is he? A fifteen? Is he a ten? I don't know. I personally think he he's more suited to fifteen, but others will disagree. Um, but they they are the kind of ones I would I would kind of pick out. I think there's there's names all over the place that I'm excited about. Yeah, yeah. No, there's plenty to be positive about. Um, but Dave, realistically, who do you think will form? Uh, you see, you see this all the time. Young players coming into the squad, they're quite exciting. Who do you think will realistically form the core of the team going forward in say three years? Um, I think just looking as Andrew said there, you. You're looking at that squad, and it does come across as you know it's an as you said an under twenty three group. But um, I would be looking at that as a real, real positive. You know, it's a real encouraging aspect of the group that it shouldn't really change that much over the next three years if yeah. things go well. Now, if things don't go well over the next year and a bit, then that changes the scenario in a big way, and it's it's hard to hit the reset button with. An entire group of young players, but 
I would be quite positive about it um, and sort of look at players like Cooney and McCluskey and Addison that fitness providing, they should still be around in three years and really be experienced enough to be a proper leadership core. You know, you, you look at losing Bestie and Henderson kind of looks like a bit of a, <laughs> he's a sole representative there. He's the outstanding choice to be captain, but whenever you were looking at who was going to be the next captain, there weren't too many options, you know, and that I think is one of the things that needs to be addressed. So you would be looking at players like that to really, like Cooney and McCluskey to step forward. And I know they do a lot for the team anyway, but just to provide that bit more leadership. And I think they are starting to do that. Um, yeah. As for the young guys, uh, you've mentioned them already, but Dave McCann and Azir Allison are two that I've seen quite a bit of them over the last two years. And they play really well together, which is encouraging. You know, they know each other's games inside out. And if Ulster can tap into that in some way, that has to be a benefit. You know, you, you think of our back row going back a decade, you know, their last kind of really competitive back row, it was Ferris, Henry, Wannenberg, you know, you know, yeah. one of the one of the three kind of the change every couple of years, but it was properly competitive. And even Joe Schmidt's comments were always interesting about Chris Henry. You know, he was somebody that they had to stop. You stop Chris Henry, you stop the Ulster Pack and, and their team yeah. stop them from being comp- competitive on the ball. And I think we've lost that over the last couple of years. Yeah. As as a pair, I would be looking for Dave McCann and Isar Allison yeah. to really push the starting guys over this next year and a bit. So within three years, I would like them to be actually pushing towards getting Irish caps. Yeah. If if they can develop as as hoped. Uh, you yeah. were saying about your Ulster t- <laughs> tinted glasses. I might be guilty of having BRA tinted glasses here. <laughs> um, Tom Stewart is outstanding. He has the pace of a back and hands and feet. That's a bit like Sean Cronin in some ways, but a bit more physical. He's an excellent player and he would be one that now he's very young. You know, he's only just out of school. So you always, you're never really certain how they're going to develop. But in three years, you look at the players above him on the depth chart there. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to stop him from pushing one or two of those guys out of the way by the end of the next season. Yeah, Herring, Herring is then going to be probably with that in Irish camps. So he should get game time in the next two years, just even in spite of his age. Um the other player, if you're looking at a leadership core, Mike Lowry is a small, he's probably a small player you're going to get these days. You're saying we're not sure if he's going to play 10 or 15, but he has this natural ability to run a game and you, you lose that at 15. Whether he's physically big enough to play 10, the jury's out, you know. He, he might be able to make that work for him, particularly if the game changes and gets quicker as we, because we're not really sure how the game's going to change over the next couple of years. Yeah. But he talks players through games. He manages the game very well. So I can't really see a situation where he's not involved. And I would like to see him play at 10 
to give him an opportunity to make it his team in some ways, which is through school and the youth teams and the development sides. He's always been at the heart of the team. He's he's been a leader, a decision maker, playmaker. I think he'd lose a bit of that at 15, but if he's still around and fit in three years, mm. at 10, he could really be excellent addition, you know, to the squad. Yeah. In, in, a, in a wider, in a more regular, yeah, just more consistently. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Michael Lowry, I, I do see him as a 10. I think uh, he sort of been put in at 15 out of necessity and he, he's done really well. Do you know, he's a great running, uh, running 15. It gives him space to attack. I think I would like to see, if we're talking about the core of the Ulster team, I see Michael Lowry and James Hume combining it. 10, 12, I think that would be a fantastic partnership. I think James Hume, a lot of guys when he was going through instant stuff, he's the best schoolboy player who ever seen come through the system. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but he's very, he, he, he's good. He's, um, he, he's got the physicality, I suppose, that Stuart McCluskey brings, but he, he has he has a skill set as well to add to that. And I think he could, he, he could form a fantastic partnership with Michael Lowry. Who, granted, is very small, but in modern rugby, I think he has the ability to uh, to do all sorts. I think he can kick, he, I think he can attack, I think he can break the game line, um, and he can tackle as well for the size of him. Like um, he puts some in some enormous hits for uh, a man who's about five seven or something like that. So, and. <sighs> hopefully, he's not limited by his size. Um, he might provide something a bit different and bring something. Uh, bring something special to Ulster's game. Let's, let's hope so anyway. Uh, we mentioned a couple of other names. I'm a big fan of Adam McBurney. Interested to hear about Tom Stewart because I haven't seen much of him. So it's good to hear that he's he's very highly rated among BRA people especially. I, <laughs> I didn't know that's where he was from. But um, uh, certainly, I'd be a big fan of Adam McBurney primarily for the reason that I think Ulster... Uh, historically and probably still to an extent or two nice and you need a couple of really abrasive characters in there um Adam McBurney gets stuck in and he he's ultra competitive and he brings a bit of nastiness to Ulster's game which is good he's a sort of guy you'd hate to play against um and uh he's dynamic as well he gets around he carries and and um he certainly he clearly gives it his all every game um Stuart Moore as well, highly rated. So I see those guys as, as being the core. On oh, the, the other guy, Tom O'Toole as well. I think um, Tom O'Toole will go on to play for the for the British Lions at some stage. I think he's uh, I think he's he's fantastic. Like um, Marty Moore, Marty Moore. We're talking long term here, so we'll not we'll not go we'll not dwell on Marty Moore. But I think he's made a revelation for Ulster. I think for. For a man who looks uh, like he's been sort of dragged in the pub to play for Ulster, <laughs> I think he will. Uh, I, I think he's been he's been great, and he's given us stability that we had lacked. Um, uh, if, if anything, in the next couple of seasons, I would do what what Wales used to do with Adam Jones: play him for forty minutes, tell Marty Moore go out there, play for forty minutes, yeah, give yeah. it your absolute all, and bring Tom O'Toole on to the second half. Uh, Tom O'Toole's 
deputising really well uh, from Marty Moore. I think he's the future. I think he's a cornerstone of Ulster in the future. Um, but yeah, I'll not go through the entire team here. I think Connor Rankin, Ethan McElroy as well. Uh, McElroy got, uh, got, got his first cup there last season. And, um, did really well. Like, uh, I remember, I don't remember what game it was, but he had a couple of great touches. Um, it's, it's good to see good to see guys coming through like that as well. So, I'm quite excited to see um, Gareth, uh, is it Milicinovich? We haven't well, seen any of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've already spoken about Marty Moore and Tom O'Toole as being quite a, a good combination, the tight head. You know, Marty Moore, reliable, has got better you know, as the season and his time was went on with Ulster and then Tom O'Toole being a great option to have and he's only going to get better having had experience with Ireland. You know, he's really going to benefit from that. But we signed Milicinovic from Worcester and he's a massive guy. Like, mm. he could really be an asset to that front five, providing he gets fit, providing he can hold his own in the set piece. Yeah. Um, I really think that he's one that we could be seeing a little bit more of whenever we get playing rugby again. And congratulations, Dave, on the pronunciation of, of Milicinovic. Always... <laughs> I just hope he's not listening to this. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how to say it properly, but it sounded good when you said it. Um, so, I suppose the next question leading on from that is, Reliance on the, the overflow of talent from Leinster. Is that something else we need to move away from? Um, and also, if you were to bring over, this is a smooth dream scenario, but if you were to bring over any any sort of big established players to Ulster, who would you bring over? Let's maybe forget about the likes of Bowden Barrett or someone like that. But if you think more realistically, who are the players that would make a huge difference to Ulster? Um, so it's a two-parter. Yeah, what do you think of this reliance and overflow of talent from Leinster? Is it something that we need to continue uh, for the sake of getting better players? And what, what established players would you like to see come, come to Ulster? First of all, on Leinster, I think that we may, maybe need to move away from this being a right or wrong situation. You know, at the end of the day, all four provinces are the providers for the national team. Um, if we have gaps in our squad, we absolutely should be looking to bring in players that aren't quite making the cut at Leinster. You know, if it, if they fit where we need, you know, a solution to a particular position or problem, then I personally don't see anything wrong with with that. You know, absolutely. You know, it would be great if we had fifteen Ulster players. You know that covering all uh, nine counties, you know. But it, that's a dream world. It's professional sport. It's not going to happen anymore. You know, we're limited by demographics. You know, we don't have that same pool of players that we can call on. And funding isn't, as, it's definitely not, we're not as well funded as the Leinster schools are, you know. So I absolutely think we should be looking at that market until such a time where we don't have to. You know, if we don't have to, great. That's a positive thing. But at the end of the day, there are good players there that need game time. Like Jordy Murphy's a perfect example, you know. Yeah. Where would he be at Leinster now with the likes of Doris 
and Scott Penny coming through and Dan Levy already establishing himself, he wouldn't be getting the game. Uh, you know, he would be in the squad, but in the European matchday squad, possibly, not guaranteed. You know, I, I think he's a cracking player and, you know, he deserves his place in Ireland squads as far as I'm concerned, if he's playing regularly. But the fact of the matter is he wasn't. He was falling down the pecking order at Leinster. Caveat to that being his last games, you know, he, I think he played in the European Cup final, didn't he, before he, at number eight, and had a great game. But, you know, injuries dictated that. I don't think he could be guaranteed that same, those same game minutes mm-hmm. um, the following season. Um, your question on what players I would like to see brought in the Ulster, I think. I'd love to see a bit of a harder edge to a back row. Mm-hmm. You know, aside from could say it's an Argentine player, Kremer. He's a number seven on open side. He'd probably play across the back row, but he is an absolute brute and very few people mess with him, you know. <laughs> and I would love somebody like that that will bring commitment and hopefully, you know, <laughs> that I know nothing about him as a person, but you watch him play and he doesn't leave anything out there, you know. It's, that's the type of player that Ulster fans like. And yeah, yeah, somebody like that. <laughs> yeah, like it, like it. Andrew, any thoughts on sort of the relationship we have with Leinster? We're sort of they're our feeder club. <laughs> yeah, um, two ways to look at it, really. But for me, like it's a professional sport, and it's about putting out the best possible squad. And these days, you have to do that, however you need to do it, and. To be to be not picking up guys from Leinster in the hope that other youngsters may develop, it's just not gonna it's just not gonna work because games are gonna be lost. You know, you're never gonna get anywhere. So, um, there's yeah, there's two different types of players. There's your Jordy Murphy. There's your um, like a Marty Moore. You know, where where would we be without those types of players? John Cooney even, um, players that we feel are are Ulster's own at this stage, um. That we'd be missing out on, and then there's youngsters that you they maybe wouldn't even you wouldn't even think of being um, guys that were cut from academies like Eric O'Sullivan that are coming on great for Ulster as well. That you know I'm I'm happy to call him an Ulster man, you know as much as the next man. Um, so it's an unfortunate reality, but if if, if Ulster wants to play at the top, then you've got to do it, and that's and that's the reality, and um, it's it's not going to change. You know, the because David Nusifora sees player movement around um around the, the provinces as a real essential thing and um, we benefited hugely from it. Um and uh, yeah, so um uh, hesitantly for all for it I suppose you could say. Um as far as players that I'd like to see, um we mentioned before, but yeah, ball carrying is a big thing actually that, that could be improved. So like I mentioned, whenever Peter stepped to toy, even though he is World Player of the Year, I think he, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't count it as being completely unrealistic. Um, but he would be, a, he'd be a fantastic addition to that back row. Um, and mentioned before, somebody at thirteen that maybe was a bit more dynamic, somebody that can, um, that's got a bit more, uh, what's the word? Maybe a bit more go forward than than Luke Marshall, this young guy in Australia, Jordan Patea, that is um is really lighting it up down there. I think he's, he'd be a great prospect at thirteen. 
yeah, with somebody that can get the ball in his hands and make stuff happen uh, from 13, I think would be would be fantastic. Yeah, we can always dream of these big signings. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> go on, isn't it? I know. I think we're at the moment. It looks like uh, that's the squad that we have coming in the next season. Um, I completely. In terms of Leinster, you look at Caelan Doris and Max Deegan. Uh, Dan Levy it looks to be fit again and he'll be returning from injury. Um, and so takes up another backroom slot down there, um, uh, along with other stiff competition. I'd love to see either Caelan Doris or, or Max Deegan come up. I'd probably, if I had to choose between the two, probably Caelan Doris. For anyone listening, be delighted to hear your suggestions as well. So please send us a message. Um, uh, to the email address, which, which is on the uh, the website as well. So, Dave and Andrew, thank you so much for your time. It was really interesting, good discussion, and uh, plenty to think about. And hopefully, the sort of higher ups at Ulster listen to this and, and make decisions on, on the basis of this conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was great. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, great. thanks for having us. Thank you.